So this morning, um, as I mentioned, is uh, Compassion Sunday. You saw some compassion banners and some uh, compassion children out on the patio. So you might not remember this, but in February, I had the chance to travel to Haiti for a couple days. I went with about 15 other pastors from all around the country, uh, and it was just an amazing experience, and I got to witness the Ministry of Compassion International, which many of you are already supporters of Compassion International, but I wanted to tell you a little bit about my trip, and I get to introduce you to someone today who's going to, I get to interview. Um, so Haiti is, of course, uh, in the Caribbean. It's this beautiful uh, climate um, in terms of uh, the temperature, in terms of the weather, and the, it's, there's a, it's a beautiful island that Haiti's a part of. Um, but those of you that know Haiti know that the, um, the economic climate is very different. The social climate is very different. I got to spend time in a home just like one, in, in one of these walls. And um, Haiti has been you know, devastated by poverty over the years. Many of you know this. Haiti is, is like a cautionary tale of economic aid gone wrong, honestly. The amount of money that's been poured in um, in ways that have not been helpful to the country um, has been crazy. And so you've got people who are, are living in extreme poverty there. Uh, but I got to see the ministry of one organization that is doing amazing work on the ground in Haiti and across the world of Compassion International. Um, So uh, if you don't know about Compassion, Compassion works in uh, multiple countries around the world. And what they do is they're uh, a Christ-centered organization that that comes in and um, provides holistic uh, care to children who are in poverty, in all sorts of poverty. But they come alongside children, and they provide very holistic care. It's a Christ-centered organization, so they provide spiritual care, but they also provide um, education, they provide social uh, interaction, they um, provide medical attention. It's very holistic, and it's incredibly Christ-centered from start to finish. Um, They work, as I'll say a little more, they work through local churches on the ground. So I I got to go to two compassion centers in Haiti. One was a very um, urban context in the the capital city, Port-au-Prince, in, in Haiti, and the other was in a very uh, rural context, about an hour outside, kind of just in the bush, as we would say here. Um, here's a picture of me with some of the, the compassion kids in Haiti. There's one guy that's not quite like the others. He's a little older and goofy and <laughs> awkward, but some just absolutely delightful kids. Um, and obviously, the, the kids themselves had this huge impact on me, but... Um, but really more than that, I mean, I didn't get to spend that much time with kids. I was so impressed with Compassion as an organization. And um, what, there's two things that I want to be able to communicate to you. The two things that I loved most is, one, they are all about working with the local church, okay? That's everything they do is through local churches on the ground. So if you're one of those children, you're probably not even aware of Compassion International. You're just aware of this church that has a center connected with it that you get to go and be schooled by and you know, receive all these things from and be supported and have, have a community. So, um, so what they do is Compassion identifies churches that already are exhibiting like a care for the, the community around them. And then Compassion comes alongside them and resources them with, with their program, with funds, with personnel. And so it, there's, every center is associated with a local church. There were no Americans on the ground uh, in Haiti where, when I was there, other than the ones that flew with me, okay? So there's a, there's a national Haitian, national compassion field office that's all Haitians, and then, of course, they work with all these local churches who have compassion centers associated with them. So it's all local people who grew up there doing the work, and I love that, and that's very much our, our value here, what we want to be able to do. Um, so just want to make, make 
you aware of that? The one thing that the child is aware of is that they have, of course, a sponsor. And compassion, the heart of compassion is a child sponsor program. And so the child knows that they have some sponsor who may be from America or other countries. And they know that because the heart of the sponsorship relationship is this letter writing that goes back and forth between the child and the sponsor. So obviously there's a monthly amount that you give, but then the heart of the relationship is you write letters to one another. You can give gifts, of course, and then you can go and visit your child. Anybody who wants to go visit their child through compassion can do that. Um, so, but that's what they would be aware of, that they have this, all this stuff that the local church provides, and then they have this sponsor somewhere who they have this relationship with. So I love that. Uh, and then the other thing I love about the organization is what I would call the traceability of things in compassion. And if if you know much about child sponsor pro- programs, like if you see um, commercials, right? We've all seen commercials of hungry children somewhere in another part of the world, and then you're being asked to sponsor a child. What I learned on this, this trip is that not all s- child sponsorship programs are created equal. Um, that oftentimes child sponsorship is just a funding mechanism that you get money, but that money is not necessarily going to the child that you think it's going to. And so it was super encouraging to be at these centers to actually see a list of these kids, a list of the sponsors, a a, a list of uh, like the letter, the actual letters being written in the traceability of things and the financial integrity of this organization. I I think more than anything, that's what impressed me was not just like the on the ground, being with the kids, but like there's such integrity to this organization. Uh, There's financial integrity. There's integrity in their being Christ-centered. The whole thing was so beautiful. So... um, I'm going to show a real quick video that tells you what compassion does. It gives you a high-level picture of it. It's about a two-minute video, and then I'm going to call someone up who's going to share his own experience of compassion with us. The church is God's hope for the world. And right now, there are over 400 million children across the world living in extreme poverty. 400 million children in need of hope. This is why Compassion International exists. For over 60 years, Compassion has partnered with the church to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. At its core, Compassion is a child development organization that cares for children in poverty through child sponsorship. But this kind of sponsorship looks different with Compassion. So what does different look like? First, it looks like the church working together. We partner with churches in the U.S. to sponsor children and with over 6,000 churches in developing nations to deliver resources and programming to those children throughout their entire childhood. This kind of sponsorship looks like relationship. Compassion connects one child with one sponsor to help the child achieve his or her God-given potential. The relational investment made through a sponsor's letter to their child is often the thing that helps that child believe that they don't have to live in poverty forever. This kind of sponsorship looks like holistic care. Children sponsored through compassion receive physical care, educational care, social care, and most importantly, spiritual care, all from their local church. In the last year alone, over 125,000 children made first-time decisions to follow Jesus. That's one every four minutes. And for your church, this kind of sponsorship looks like the Great Commission. By partnering with Compassion, your entire church is equipped to serve as global missionaries. And the result is that powerful transformation takes place on both sides. Children meet Jesus and are discipled in a local church. And here in the U.S., sponsors in your church become more globally aware, more engaged, and more generous. This is what sponsorship with Compassion looks like. This is what hope looks like. Go to Compassion.com go to learn more. So uh, with that, I'm going to invite up Samuel to come on up. 
Um, Samuel and his wife Carol are here. Samuel grew up in the Dominican Republic. I'm actually going to show you a map in case you've forgotten your geography. So in the Caribbean, right, you have Haiti and Dominican Republic are part of the same island. And this is where Samuel grew up. He is a, a compassion alum, meaning he was a compassion child who uh, had a sponsor and, um, and now is here with us. I got a, a good time to talk with him and his wife, Carol, who was also born in the Dominican Republic. And I asked, where'd you guys meet? And they said, we met in Alaska. So makes sense to me. <laughs> so you can ask him more about that. Um, Afterwards, great story there, but super excited to have you here. Um, just a great man, and um, so I'm going to ask him a couple questions, and he's going to, I'm going to hand you this mic, he's going to share with us. So I've got three questions for him, simple questions, but share with us just kind of what was life like for you before you became, you had a sponsor and you're a compassion. Well, thank child. you very much for having us here, and it's true, I met my wife in Alaska, she was frozen there. And, <laughs> but uh, God has blessed me. Fifteen years later, here we are with two kids, and uh, I'm really excited to be here and share what God has done in, in my life through this beautiful ministry. Uh, Pastor, I was six months when my, my dad, who was only 25 years old, um, passed away due to liver cancer. And um, he was a pastor, it was more church that he started. He spent there two years, and um, I was only six months. And my mom didn't have any education, and so we struggled because um, not having uh, my, my dad or, or not having your father in, in a terrible com- country means that you're not having provision, you're not having protection. And, and that's what, what, what it meant for me. It means that I was going to struggle and fight against something I call a monster because to me it's a, a monster, and that's the monster of poverty. Defining poverty in the U.S. Is, is kind of difficult because we live in the, in the exception. It's a section of the world, the U.S. We're blessed here. Um, for example, for people, people may think poverty is if you don't want a house or a nice car or if you don't have a good retirement plan. Um, my wife and I have a son, Saniel. He's 12. And I asked Saniel, Saniel, what is poverty for you? And he said, well, you're poor, Dad, if you don't own an iPad. <laughs> of course, he wanted me to buy him an iPad, right? You know how it is. Manipulation all the way. <laughs> so he doesn't understand that. For my mother and I, poverty meant that we were not sure if we were going to have breakfast today. Are we going to have lunch? Are we going to have dinner? Poverty to me and to my mother was like um, burning fire that was burning my hope and my dreams and my dignity. Am I worth anything? Am I valued? It was a burning fire, basically burning my faith and making me doubt God. God, are you really real? Are you really for us? Do you really love me? Poverty for me was at the age of five, my mom was forced to send me to the streets of Luperon to sell cornbread. So my mom used to wash the neighbor's clothes by hand, and she would buy corn, and then I would sell cornbread. And I was with a bucket in the head. You know, going around yelling cornbread, pan de maíz, pan de maíz. Who liked to buy a piece of cornbread? And then poverty came to me when the kids would come and laugh at me and say, you are just a cornbread seller. You're good for nothing. You're nobody. That was poverty for me. One time my mom and I didn't have anything to eat, not even cornbread, because I ate a lot of cornbread. So if you ever take me to lunch, please don't give me cornbread. <laughs> I ate so much of it. But that day we didn't have anything. I wish we would have cornbread to eat, but nothing to eat. So we started to pray. God, please provide something for us to eat today. And God was there. He showed up through a lady, sweet lady from church, and she brought 10 plantains. Those are green bananas in the Dominican Republic and two eggs. And I was literally jumping 
excited and I said, wow, God just gave us food. He provided for us. But then my mom, being so generous, said, Samuel, I want you to take these two plantains to Sister Luz, these two to Sister Justina, and these two to Sister Maria. And I freaked out because I saw the food was going away. And, and then my mom said, uh, I said, Mom, why are you giving it away? She said, well, Samuel, the thing is that it's better to give than to receive. It is very easy to, to give when you have abundance. But when that's all you had, and after that, I started saying that God always provides because I, I saw how he provided. But people come to me and they ask me, Samuel, you say God always provides. Why is, why is there poverty in the world? Why you go to Haiti and after the earthquake, nine-year-old little girls were prostituting themselves to get clean water? Why there's 400 million children living in extreme poverty right now, dying because of you know, preventative causes? If God always provides. And I tell them, God always provides. The problem is that we are not always willing to share so we have a sharing problem in the world, not a lack of financial. I had dreams. I wanted to become a recording engineer, a musician, a singer, and I wanted to preach the gospel because that's what my father wanted to do with me. And that's what my mom told me. But poverty told me I was going to end up like my friends that I saw on the streets, dealing with drugs, stealing, trying to find a shortcut, and hope in a world that was broken. And that was a little bit about my life before a compassion. Wow. Tell us, tell us about compassion. I mean, what, what has life been with compassion? What, what changed as you got connected with compassion? Just give it, us that story. It was amazing because, you know, you, you saw all the benefits and the blessing of the ministry. But to me, the biggest blessing was being connected to my sponsor. My sponsor, Terry from Canada. Yes. Terry! Yes, from Canada. Terry from Canada. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she was a sweet lady, a grandma. She wrote letters to me. That was the biggest thing. And the letters would say this, Samuel, you, know, you may not have a biological father alive, but you have an eternal father. And you could become whoever you wanted to be in Jesus' name. She said, I love you and I'm praying for you. And I could not believe how a person that had never seen me. She saw me in a packet like this, a picture like this. And I would think that she would probably thought it was a fake packet. Like all of us think, oh, this is fake pictures. They took a picture of somebody. But I was there, freaking out, a picture taken like this. For the first time, they took a picture, and she saw me, and she chose me, and she wrote letters to me, and she ministered to my life. She became a missionary to me, and I saw God in her. I saw God's hands, manifestation of God's love through my sponsor, Terry, and I started believing Terry and stopped believing poverty, and I received hope. I received the benefits of the, of the ministry you already saw. But the be- oh, one of the greatest, greatest things that I received was the empowerment from my local church telling me, Samuel, you could be released from poverty, but you could also become a blessing. I said, what? A comrade seller can be a blessing? Can I bless anybody else? They say, yes, God can use you too to become a blessing. So I was able to go to school, to go to the university, get a bachelor's degree in recording, art, in recording arts. I never thought I was even going to finish high school. So I went to college, um, and, and I praise God because he was there for me. Compassion helped me along the way. Now my wife and I, uh, with our children, sponsor four kids uh, with Compassion. And we have our music ministry. Where we go every year to DR because we want to give back, and we bring a 1,000 backpacks with school supplies with our funds to bless those kids in the name of Jesus, in the name of the local church there because we learn from Compassion. I share this to you to tell you how God can use a comrade seller because God used somebody like you, like Terry, to change my life and transform my life. I praise God because God used ministry like compassion and churches like you to give people like 
400 million children that had no chance unless somebody like you decides to make a change. I was blessed by compassion. My brother, Tony, my mother remarried another pastor, and he became a computer programmer. He was sponsored by a 15-year-old girl, my sister, Annabella. She became a dentist because her sponsor was a dentist. And I can tell you hundreds of stories of how God is using this ministry to change, to change life. Being blessed is not enough when we were called and designed to be a blessing. Thank you so much. So good. Anything else you'd want to say as people are thinking about this? Like, do I want to sponsor a kid? Is, is there anything that you'd want to say to us? Yeah, well, I want to tell you this. You, you may be here today thinking, wow, you know, uh, Pastor Dave brought Samuel to manipulate us or do <laughs> No, no. Uh, we don't want you to respond to sponsor a kid because you feel guilty or sorry about it. As a matter of fact, these kids are not for sale. They're not for sale. I'm here today speaking for them because I want them to experience what I experience. And there's so much need. It's not 400 million children. There's 1 billion living under $5. So today you may be thinking, why compassion? I'm going to give you the answer. 125,000. 125,000 children came to Christ last year alone. If you care about evangelism, if you care about discipleship, if you care about changing the world in Jesus' name, this is why you should sponsor a child today. I want to close with this. I went back to the ER one time, and I forgot. Um, uh, a friend of ours came to our house, and, and she forgot her backpack in her house. And I felt to put $20 inside there. But I wasn't sure. Like many people may not be sure here. Should I sponsor? Should I not? So I didn't put the money in there, the $20 there. The next day, she came to her house. She was a single mother, a 23-year-old girl with two kids. She was being kicked out of her house because she didn't have money to complete the rent. And she told me, Samuel, yesterday somebody gave me the money. It was about 500 Dominican pesos. Back then, about $20. And I felt very happy because she was blessed by that person. But at the same time, I felt very sad because I knew God wanted to use me, and he had to use somebody else. Because I said, you know what? I'm just going to pray about it or think about it. And after that, I said, God, whenever you show me a need that you want to use me, I'm not going to think about it or pray about it. I'm just going to act about it. Because many times I came through those doors and raised my hands and cried and said, God, please use me in this generation. Use me. But when the opportunity came, I had to think about it. So today I want to encourage you to be part of this. Pastor David went over there to see it, if it works or if it doesn't. And we're here because he thinks it works. <laughs> now is in your hands if you want to be Jesus' hands and feet to change the world together. And we're going to give God the glory Amen. in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. So good. Appreciate it. So Samuel's going to be, he and his wife will be out in the patio afterwards. You, you can obviously talk to them. That's so crazy. Honestly, Sam, thinking of you on the other side of that camera, right, of those photos that we're seeing, like that was you getting a picture going, I have no idea what this is right now. And here you are now with your wife and kids. It's amazing. So, um, so good. So here, here's, the, here's the ask. Um, would you guys consider sponsoring a kid? I'd be curious. How many of you have sponsored a compassion child? Throughout the, okay, so we've got a number of folks. Um, it's $38 a month to sponsor a child. And um, l- let me just tell you, like, my, for me, you know, we're, we're starting, we're going to sponsor a, a child starting today. My motivations are, are twofold. One is, as he just said, there's so much need out there. And this is like a very tangible thing that I can do 
to affect one person's life. The need feels overwhelming, but this is something I can do. Um, The other motivation is totally selfish. We talked about this on the trip. I have three daughters. I cannot think of an easier way to to engage in some discipleship with them, to expose them to the world that has, you know, this world that's so much bigger than them, and then these kids that are their age that have so many needs other than to to sponsor a compassion child. And to be able to write letters between my girls and this child and to and have them give some of their own money to this monthly. I mean, that, it's honestly, there's a selfish motivation. Like, what a, I'm using compassion as a mechanism to disciple my kids. Um, so there's so many good reasons to do it. But you might, you know, you might be out of the, the early kids stage. But um, this is a great opportunity to have a, a new, fresh engagement with a, a child and to walk with them through their life, up through 18, even 21 at times. Um, so that's the ask, is that you'd sponsor a child. Um, we are going to, all the children, there's, there's child profiles out there. You'll see the photos and, and all that. All of the children were from the Dominican Republic. Here's why we've chosen the DR. We already are partnering with IJM in Dominican Republic. So, right, so we, we basically have adopted their field office in DR. And IJM's work uh, that you know, those of you that know about, it is all about intervention. It's about finding people in slavery who are being trafficked and intervening legally to free them from this. Compassion is all about prevention. You're getting at kids before they end up in those situations of slavery, and it's preventative. And so we see this as a beautiful, holistic way that we can do our little part in one country of the world. It's also close enough that it's not that hard to travel there. And we can send teams to go there. You can see your compassion child. It's, that is absolutely doable. Um, I saw a couple pastors that were on our trip that got to see their kids while we were there. So, um, so let me just show you, uh, you know, just real easy. Um, out there, you're going to see these kids. This is, this is the child we're going to sponsor, Carla. Um, she's right in between my oldest and my second oldest in age. Um, and so you'll see these profiles out there. Um, what you'll need to do is you'll need to tear off a portion of it. Give us your contact information. You check your sponsorship contact information on the back side. There's some uh, financial information. I don't trust any of you, so I didn't give you my <laughs> card number. You'll write that out. You'll tear it off, and you'll hand it. There's a couple hosts. Some of you are hosts in the tables back there. Make sure you do not, you cannot take a child home with you without giving us that information. All right? So um, that's the ask. Um, so what I'd like to do, I'd love to just commit this to prayer. And, you know, this is something I love what Samuel said. If you, scripture is so clear. God loves a cheerful giver. Do not let guilt make you do this. But if you're motivated by compassion and you're like, this is a tangible way I can jump in, we would love to see you do that. We'd love to do that together. So let me just pray a blessing over this and then we'll go to the reading of the word. Well, Lord, um, thank you so much for Samuel and Carol and their lives and and for, for you ministering to him so tangibly through people that at some point people came alongside. People were your hands and feet to him, to bring him out of poverty, to bring him to this amazingly blessed life that he lives today. And so, Lord, we um, offer you our hearts this morning, even as the service continues, as we sit with this and think about this. Um, I pray that your spirit would move in each one of us according to your will, and that you would give us a generous and compassionate heart, uh, and you'd also not let us be moved by anything that would not be from you. So we offer this to you. We offer this ministry and this organization to you, and we pray your blessing on this day where we begin a partnership with compassion. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.